You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Welcome back, Bears fans. It is another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Chris Nano and Kevin Lapka. Got some fun stuff to talk about today, some would you rather, some fact or fiction. But we are, as always, going to start out with some news. And there isn't a lot of Bears news. We didn't get like an inside scoop or anything, I wish, but we're not quite there yet. But We have to talk about what everybody's been talking about for the past week, the Patrick Mahomes mega deal that the Chiefs locked him into. I mean, just an absolutely outrageous amount of money that could go over at $500 million over 10 years, an insane injury insurance policy of $140 million, and he is only 25. I mean, you can't say he doesn't deserve it. I mean, he already won a Super Bowl. He already won an MVP. He's 25 years old. The Chiefs somehow worked this out where it doesn't completely screw their cap space either. So they have at least five more years of a championship window and then probably like a two-year reboot. And then you have another three years left on the end of this deal. It's absolutely insane. I can't even imagine having a quarterback worth that much money. I wish I could imagine that, but I legitimately cannot. Um But like I said, you can't say the guy doesn't deserve it. There's definitely more Super Bowls and MVPs in his future. Your thoughts, guys? Well, we've seen everything about, well, the Bears saved $500 million, right? You know, by drafting Mitch Trubisky, they saved $500 million. And and everyone said, oh, the Chiefs are so screwed with their cap space. And then three days later, they signed Chris Jones to a gigantic extension. And now their front office just is just a place of wizardry apparently uh but i mean I, you know i just posed the question will the bears ever have a 500 million dollar quarterback in their future i i don't know the answer to that question i hope that answer is yes um but it's i mean you'd be lying as a bears fan if you say it didn't hurt your heart a little bit to see this i mean anytime patch mahomes does something good it hurts your heart you 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 can admit that it's okay this is a safe place to admit these types of things and it hurts a little bit, but it is what it is. We save $500 million and we're rolling Mitch Trubisky. So if Mitch Trubisky ever wins the Super Bowl and Mahomes never wins another one, we can go back and say, well, they each had one Super Bowl and the Bears saved millions and millions of dollars. So you never know. Yeah, uh, I mean, that is a good point. Kevin does have a point. Like, you can't really, you can't really argue against that one. But, no, um, I mean, look, he, like Jake said, um, I mean, you can't really argue that he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but... You know, I, I, I say this for, for just about anything in life. Like, if you want something that's valuable, you're going to have to pay a lot of money. Just, you know, that's that's the case in football. That's the case in just the real world out everywhere. You know, you're going to have to pay for the top product. So, I mean, he's going to be the best quarterback in the league for the next 10 years at, at least. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's an investment. It's a great investment, and, and it's a lot of money, but... I mean, what what, is, what else are they going to do? If that's what it costs to, to, you know, sign Patrick Mahomes, what are they going to do, let him walk? I mean, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, you got to do it. I mean, he has the leverage there. I, I think Mahomes would have the le- leverage against pretty much any team out there. So um, it is what it is, and it's a great deal for them. And, yes, it absolutely does hurt my heart. That part is absolutely factual. 
Yeah, it hurts, and especially because you know there's a massive extension for Deshaun Watson coming down the pipe at some point, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, good for him. Way to get paid. And the thing is, will the Bears ever have a $500 million quarterback? At some point, because of how money rises in all right. sports leagues, yes, at some point, the Bears will have oh. a $500 million quarterback. <laughs> will it be in our lifetime is another question. <laughs> That's something else go. that we need to consider. Um but, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to stink. And, of course, now for the next – I mean, this was going to happen regardless. But now for the next few years going forward, the the Trubisky and Mahomes and Watson comparisons and the conversations are going to happen even more, especially if Mitch can't take that step forward this year and ends up being a journeyman backup or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the Chiefs established themselves as a championship contender for the next 10 years. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. And it's just that contrast of, well, the Bears don't pick up Mitch Trubisky's fifth-year option. On the other hand of that, it's Mahomes making $500 million. And, and it, it, it's unfortunate because no matter what Mitch Trubisky does, the what is the money is going to be a comparison for them. They're going to say, look at how much money Deshaun Watson made. Look at how much money Patrick Mahomes made. Even if Trubisky does end up with the same number of Super Bowls, his like you just can't compare the value based off the money that each of those quarterbacks are going to make this offseason. So it's it's just a tough spot. But, I mean, you know, if you want to find uh, something good and something positive out of it in Mitch Trubisky's sentence, well, you know, fuel to the fire. And how many more of those do we need for him? I mean, like everything is fuel to the fire for him because he's just getting bashed on every single media network. He's getting bashed by everybody. So, you know, I guess you'd argue that it's just more fuel to the fire, but at some point uh, there's just enough fuel because he's been having that for the whole past year. So hopefully maybe this, this is the final thing that'll kick him into gear and, and prove his play in his fifth year. Yeah. I mean, it's look, this is just kind of fuel to the fire, what you said, but you know, in a, in a different way, like, I think Mahomes getting that $500 million um, extension is more fuel to the fire uh, for the, you know, uh, Mitch and Mahomes comparisons. Like, you know, it's just another thing. Look, Mitch, I mean, they they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option, and Mahomes in the same offseason is getting a $500 million extension. I mean, it speaks volume, and, you know, it sucks. It really does. Like, it just, you know, everything just seems like a reminder at this point. But, um, you know, like exactly what you said, Kevin, I mean, if this – if this doesn't doesn't fuel the fire for Mitch Trubisky, then then nothing will. Like like let's be real. I mean, this is like like the just the contrast between the two. Like the Bears aren't even sure they want him as the quarterback moving forward. And you know, Mahomes is, is like just look what he got paid, man. It's like it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of self reflection. But I mean, if from the Bears standpoint, if this season works out the way you want it to whether that's getting the playoffs or tanking for <laughs> fields or lawrence who knows what their plan is obviously you would assume because of the signings of robert quinn and other guys around him that it's still playoffs is the goal but i mean if the bears make the playoffs and you know let's say they win a championship in the next two years i mean like kevin said if they both end up with one which, I mean, it's unlikely that Mahomes stops at one, admittedly. But, sure. I mean, I, I think if, if – because if Trubisky gets one, although I fully expect it to be Foles, now I'm just thinking out loud. But, but I mean, if you get one, I still think you view this reign as success because, really, it's not the Mitch Trubisky era. Once that trade for Cleo Mack happened, it became yeah. the Cleo Mack era no matter what. 
Yeah. So if you get one in the next few years, it's still seen as a successful era in Bears history, I feel like. I'm I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think it's more likely Mahomes stops at one than Mitch gets one. I'm not even going to lie. Wow. Like, I, yeah, that's fair. I, I think I'm more honestly confident in that. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's crazy. fair. I think I mean, people are saying Mahomes is going to win four championships. People I don't think people still wholeheartedly understand how hard it is to collect the dynasty in the National Football League. What we've seen oh, from yeah. the Patriots in the past. 20 yeah. years is just something we may never see ever again and their consistency to not just make the Super Bowl but make the AFC championship and win that division for I believe 10 years straight since 2010 uh, I mean it's a hard thing to do and yes Mahomes is the talent to do that but there's a lot of pieces around it I mean Andy Reid is a great coach but they haven't had a consistent defense so I mean it'll be interesting but um, yeah at the end of the day deserved money for Patrick Mahomes we can all agree on that to do yeah. to, to do what the Patriots did, I mean, you need it's more than just Patrick Mahomes. Like you're gonna need everybody to exactly. buy in for an mm-hmm. extended period of time, and you know it's just one of those things where, it, it, like it, like you said, Kevin, I I'm not sure the Chiefs can do that. Um, I just don't know when the next time a team will do that. Like in my opinion, if the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl this year, I think you can already kind of shut up on the dynasty stuff because it's like wow. you know. Yeah. You know, it's it's a completely different team after two years. Think about like if they don't, you know, if they don't win it next year, it's like the next year they can win it would be two years after they, you know, they last won it, and then it's kind of like a lot will change between then. You know, it, it's just the NFL changes year to year. Like uh, that's why it's so it's damn near impossible to do what New England did. But um, yeah, yeah, somehow it happened. <laughs> yep, somehow it happened. Well, well, listen um, at the at the epicenter of that though is the fact that they draft well. And you look at the Bears yeah. and you look at the difference between the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Pages is the fact that they have not drafted well. Overall, have not drafted. They have found their gems in the late rounds, and we talk about the Tariq Collins and the Eddie Jacksons and, and all those players, and, they, and they've done well in free agency. I would say they've done well. But you got to hit on your first-round picks. you got to hit on your early-round picks. And those are the types of things that create dynasties and if you want to see the bears have not just success in the now but sustained success in the future they're going to need these draft picks to play out well and you know it hasn't in the past but 2020 uh with these current rookies that we believe are going to be promising could be the turning point for that yeah yeah um keeping it with a player that is not on the bears well this one is quote unquote yet if you're to believe some guys on reddit and twitter but Raheem Mostert says he wants out of San Francisco, running back, obviously, that broke out in a big way for the 49ers during their Super Bowl run against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but now saying that the Niners are not willing to meet his contract demands, he wants uh, more money, he wants more security, which is fair as a running back in this league, and you just were a workhorse for a championship caliber team, that's completely fair, 49ers are not wanting to pay, Mostert saying that he wants out. And a lot of people are connecting the dots for him to come to the Bears. Um, I think the three of us are all on the train that it's very, very, very unlikely to happen. You don't spend a draft pick on David Montgomery and tout him as your bell cow. And then you bring in most there after one year of a struggling offensive line and therefore struggling David Montgomery. So, I mean, we're all on the same page here, right? David Montgomery is the guy going forward. Yeah, I'm I'm just in that boat of, why in the hell would you trade for Raheem Mustard when there's guys that are available as free agents and you don't have to give up draft capital? Like it's just it's one of those things. Like it would it would actually, in my opinion, be stupid to trade for Raheem Mustard. Like mm-hmm. I, I just 
I mean, there's guys like Lamar Miller still available. I mean, I would much rather just sign Lamar, Lamar Miller. <laughs> exactly. Us saying we would not want to trade for Raheem Mostert isn't us saying that we're content with the current backfield oh, that the yeah. Bears have. It's just saying we could find value in that free agent market for a heck of a lot cheaper than Raheem Mostert. I mean, Raheem Mostert right now is getting paid uh, for as I guess with the special teams rate right now. That's what he's currently getting paid in San Francisco. But when the guy goes for 200 yards and four touchdowns in an AFC championship game, that performance alone is going to get somebody to trade maybe even a fourth round pick for him straight up because of that. Uh, that value and what he did in the playoffs, what he did to basically bring the 49ers uh, to the Super Bowl. And he only had 772 yards and eight touchdowns on the season. But anytime you have a performance like that, people are going to say, well, that, that can't be a coincidence when you do something like that in the playoffs. And yeah, he's been injured in the past. But for the Bears, we've, I mean, we, how many times we've talked about this? I think we've had probably like four episodes in the offseason where we've said, these guys are available. Why aren't the Bears just making a move on one of them? And it, it may be one of those things that happens three weeks before the season. We, we, we just don't know. But looking at the current situation, we're in the boat where we're not content with our Tavis Pierce or Ryan Nall's RB3, but we're also not willing to give up uh, a valuable pick for a guy like Raheem Mostert when there's clear value at the free agency line right now with um, Lamar Miller, Devonta Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, and all those guys. So as much as I like Raheem Mostert, it's not in the Bears' best interest to make that decision. Yeah. Oh, and on top of that, the Bears are, you know, the Bears love giving away future assets. At some point, you have to hold on to those future assets because well, yeah. look how it's ham- look how it's hamstrung on the last two years. And yeah. then it goes back to what I just mentioned, right? About how good teams and dynasties stay good and stay consistent. They they keep those draft picks. They don't just throw away draft picks. They make value of those fifth rounders and sixth rounders that you would maybe trade for a guy like Raheem Mostert. So you would like to see the Bears kind of turn into that where they're saying, you know what, we're not just going to give away a fifth rounder to get a better player for the now. We're going to keep what we have, work with what we have, and then use that fifth rounder to draft a potentially valuable player for the future. So, you know, hopefully that philosophy is is changing within the Bears front office because it seems like you're right. They do love giving away valuable assets for a guy who can maybe help them currently, help them win a championship now. But at, at some times you have to play the long game in the NFL. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and, you know, we've seen Ryan Pace be that kind of short-sighted guy, but I think now, I mean, because most are even like, and we talked about it, David Montgomery's the guy. He showed enough, I think, last year behind a struggling offensive line where you feel comfortable with the top two in your running backs room. The third is, an, is something else, but maybe, you know, maybe the Ryan Nall horn finally got through to somebody. I don't Like, maybe people clamoring for him finally got through. Who knows? But... Like Kevin said, I think also they're withholding from signing someone like Lamar Miller, too, because as of right now, you don't know if you're getting a season. So what's the point of signing someone? And then that's sunk money. So I think maybe that's part of it, too, where you hold on to it. Okay, let's get into training camp. Let's get in these mini caps. Let's get into the preseason. And then we'll look at adding someone as that RB3. I have a question for you guys real quick. Chris, you, you, I have a question for you, both of you, and then and then add your thoughts to this. You, you know, we're talking about this RB room, right? Yeah. What does it reveal about our thoughts about Tariq Cohen, the fact that we're saying we, we 100% in, in one way or another need a third running back? Does that does that reveal anything to you about Tariq Cohen? No, no. And, and, and this is coming from someone who's not very high on Tariq Cohen. I don't think this has anything to do with Tariq Cohen. I think this is just more of like an insurance thing. Because here's the thing. Okay, 
you have Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. I think you can definitely get by if you have just a, a decent, you know, third mm-hmm. string guy. Um, but let's say one of those guys goes down, then what do you do? Right. Then, right. You know, and then by the time that happens, all the guys will probably be off the market at that point. So, you know, so I, I just think that that's simply that's simply all it is for me, at least. No, I, I agree with Chris completely. I don't think it says anything about Tariq Cohen or David Montgomery, uh, but especially not Tariq Cohen. I think it's just the desire to have someone knowing the knowing you can have and the desire to have someone that's more talented than the guys who currently fill those spots. And just yeah, and like Chris said, if someone goes down, then you, if you have to throw Ryan Nall or Artavis Pierce as your backup running back. You know, we, and we've seen injuries like that happen with the Bears where you're going, I mean, look at the tight end position last year where you're mm-hmm. picking off the bottom of the scrap heap at the top of the scrap heap. So, yeah, I, I think it's just the desire to have someone with NFL experience uh, in that room in case things go wrong. Yeah. The um, only reason I ask that is just I, I feel like people in the Bears community just like like compared to one year ago at this exact time, just see Tariq Cohen as less valuable. And yeah, because maybe he had a down season in 2019 and he didn't really put up the numbers. But, you know, everyone throughout the season was saying, well, he wasn't being utilized correctly. You know, they Matt Nagy wasn't calling the right plays for him. And I just, you know, do you, I'll ask you this question then. I mean, at this point, July 15th, the day that we're recording this episode in 2019 here compared to 2020, what is what is the value for Tariq Cohen look like for you guys, in your opinion? Is it is it more? Is it less? Is it the same because from what we saw in 2019 from what everyone was saying you know you know does he have the same value do you still think he can be what we thought he would be after his rookie season um for for me I, for me i think last season exposed some of his limitations um sure. you know as 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 like a running back like you you guys remember me saying this but I'll, you know we'll bring it up again it's just like I don't see him as a pure running back. He's he's more of like a gadget player, and it's kind of like there's only so much you can do with a player like that. Um, and cause, just because I don't see Tariq Cohen as like a run-between-the-tackles type of guy, and I know, you know, we talked about how he's done it a little bit and, and stuff like that, but, you know, he, you, he that's not really – that's not really playing to Tariq Cohen's abilities if you're if you're running him through the tackles, in my opinion, between the tackles. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think Tariq Cohen, um, you know, I would I would probably look to try to trade him. I, I, I would try to see what what he can gauge. Um, and, and well, you you trade him right now. You're getting the lowest value possible. Well, yeah, but, you know, I, I would say you got to give him an, an opportunity to at least boost that value. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe closer to the deadline. Like, yeah, I, because you know, my my view of Tariq Cohen is that basically the same value. Just because I know he's probably not going to be the guy we saw his rookie year, but he's also probably not the guy we saw last year. I think it's somewhere yeah. in the middle because you know in his rookie year the Bears were a new offense. Everything was new. Nobody had seen it before, and that's why you saw these stats and this production that we hadn't seen before. And then last year people adjusted. And Nagy and the offense had injuries to deal with, as well as trying to adapt to what other defenses were throwing at them now. So I think the truth is somewhere in the middle there. Um, I think Tariq Cohen does have value to this team. It's just finding correctly how to utilize him and David Montgomery kind of hand in hand. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, All right. But that was our news of the day. And now we're going to do some fun stuff led by our own Kevin Lapka. 
All right, so we're doing fact or fiction. I mean, you guys may have seen this on other shows, but we're basically going to ask a question, and the other two are going to respond, fact or fiction, and give their reasons why. So I'll start us off here uh, with our guy, Alan Robinson, okay? And th- this may be seem like a, a lock answer for you, but the question is, Alan, will Alan Robinson be an all-pro receiver in 2020, fact or fiction? Chris and Jake, your responses. Um, All-pro, man. Uh, no, no, not, not. So, so fiction, fiction. Yeah, definitely fiction on that one. Um, but I, nothing, you know, that that's nothing against Allen Robinson. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. Year He's going to have the stats. Uh, he's going to, he's going to have, you know, the, the, you know, all the goods on tape. Um, so yeah, I, I just, all pro is a little bit of a reach given the quarterback situation as well. Hmm. <laughs> Hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say fact. I think he's in as a small pro. Really? I think. Okay. I think Nick Foles has the skill set that will help. That makes Allen Robinson better. We saw with the inconsistencies of Mitch Trubisky, Allen Robinson starting to establish himself as a star. I think Nick Foles with that consistency, and you guys know why I like Foles: the consistency, the factor, and the higher floor. Um, and I think that's going to be hugely beneficial to Allen Robinson as far as deep balls, as far as crossing routes, as far as everything that this offense is able to do. I think, yes, I think Allen Robinson can sneak in as a third team all pro fact. Chris, I was so surprised you said fiction. I thought you were, I thought you were literally going to say lock fact, lock it in there. I mean, it's hard because <laughs> I mean, you got Michael Thomas and you got Julio Jones and those guys who, you know, who have such reliable quarterbacks that it's almost a guarantee they're going to have the numbers to be all pro type receivers. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it's we just don't know. Does he have the talent? I mean, if you frame the question to where does he have the talent to do it? Yes, oh, it's a, yeah. it's a question of whether consistent quarterback play will allow him to put up the numbers to be an all pro receiver I think is is really what that question comes down to exactly yeah that, I mean that's the only reason why I answered it how I did yeah it's, it's I mean like the other the other receivers just have that quarterback advantage on him. you know it's just it's, it's out of his hands so exactly okay let's move on here this is uh going with the Bears offensive weapons now there have been plenty of rankings about the Bears offensive weapons I don't know if you've seen these but uh one one website I forget who was exactly had them as 28 so this is all weapons included wide receivers tight ends running backs uh excluding the quarterback excluding the quarterback so all those weapons had the Bears at 28 so I'll pose this question fact or fiction do the Bears' offensive weapons rank in the top 20 of the league, or are they below the 20s of the league? Their offensive weapons as a whole, fact or fiction, in the 20s or below? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fact. Top 20, I'll say fact. I'll say it's right around 20. Um, I, I think. Look, David Montgomery is a good running back. I don't care what anyone says. Just. Just watch him play and, and, and look what he was dealing with last year. With an improved O-line, I think you'll get a really good David Montgomery. Allen Robinson, we don't even have to talk about Allen Robinson, so let's move on. Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller, I still have hope in Anthony Miller. I don't know about you guys. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm still – I still think he, he can be a star. I still do think he can be a star, even even better than a W. Sure. Um, and, you know, Cole, Cole Kmet, you have Jimmy Graham. I mean, these are guys who who will probably produce. It's not going to be pretty, but they'll give you, you know, something. And then you have Riley Ridley, you know. Uh, I mean, depending on Javon, seeing what happens with Javon wins, Darnell Mooney, 
Cordero Patterson. Um, so it's just, you know, oh, Ted Ginn. So, there I mean, go. That, that's deep. That's deep. I, I think just off depth alone um, that they're top 20. Yeah. Jake, mm. another tough one. Jake's pondering here. Let's see. Okay, you're better than the Lions. He's going through all teams. He's trying to. I'm, I'm trying to like. I'm trying to think through it. I'm trying to. <laughs> it's think hard through to do it. it like that. You're yeah, better than the Lions. I think. Yep. You're probably better than the Giants. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, they have no receivers. Over, like overall, yeah. Um, you're probably better than the Eagles. Um, I would say so. I would say so because no, no, they no, have no, Zach Ertz. No. They don't have a strong running back room, really. I mean, it, it's oh, not that strong. All right, we'll take no wide receivers. I would 100 okay. percent put it with the Eagles. What are you talking about, Chris? No, no, no. We'll, no, we'll no, circle no. back to the Eagles. We'll, too, we don't have Nelson there. Aguilar, okay? Wait, what? <laughs> so we don't have Nelson Aguilar, so I think we. we, we all right, if if we have to, we'll circle back to the Eagles. But all right, Giants and Lions. Redskins. Redskins. Yep. Uh, yeah. Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. Broncos. No, no, no. Oh no, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, what about now that I mean, this might be just because uh, I mean, just the quarterback alone. Does Deshaun Watson put the the Texans above the Bears alone? No DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Um. Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, David Johnson. Yes. Brandon Cooks yes. isn't that yes. good. I would put the Texans above the Bears right now. Okay, all right. Uh, Jaguars, yes. Yeah. Um, Raiders, probably yes, right? Yes, for sure. They uh, only have Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. Yeah. Chargers? They lost Melvin. Uh, they lost Melvin no. and they, They've got Eckler, Keenan Allen, uh, Mike the Drew. big guy, Williams, Drew. right? Hunter KJ Henry. Hill. Watch out for K.J. Hill, too. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna no. say no. I'm gonna say fiction. Okay. The Bears are bottom are in the 20s. I think they're like 21, 22, but I think they're fair only enough. better. I think they're only better than like seven or eight teams. Fair enough. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I just think I think as of right now, as of this recording, two days. Yes. In the- yes. And and that that's where it's like at the end of 2020. This this could be, or if this is a prediction for the 2020 season, that that question could be framed differently because we expect we have high expectations for this offense. But I think you know when when Clifton Duck came last episode and he said i was shocked to see marvin hell get cut from the team and he was talking about the depth of that uh of that roster he's like man the bears are deep they they have wide receivers that couldn't afford to keep a guy with a lot of upside like marvin hall i think it reviews a little bit about the fact that you know there are weapons out there and it's just a question again you go back to the quarterback conversation the weapons aren't getting the opportunities you know maybe matt Nagy's not using a guy like cordero patterson enough to, to prove him as a true weapon those types of things i think skew this conversation because when you were lifting who, uh, who whichever one of you were listing off all the players i kind of was in the back of my mind like dang you know what we actually do have a lot of weapons because because like on the surface you think anthony miller alan robinson dave montgomery tree cohen that on the surface, you think of those four players because they're supposed to be our reliable offensive pieces. But then you look deeper into it and you say, okay, Tedkin Jr., who we obviously haven't seen in a Bears uniform. You see Cordero Patterson, where in the Cowboys game, you could see his true potential as an offensive weapon. Jimmy Graham will be a red zone threat as a weapon. We don't know about Cole Komet, but you, you just run through those names, Riley Ridley, and you're like, you know what? Given the right opportunities, given the ball enough, given the right play calls for these players, you know what? The Bears do have a lot of, opportun- a lot of weapons, and they just simply are not being shown. 
So yeah. I, I think I, I think there's a lot there for the Bears, and it's deep. It's just a question again of will they get those opportunities? So I, I would I would say fact that they're top twenty. I would say fact. So close though, close. If it's it is twenty, if it's top twenty, it is at. All right, let's uh, let's go to our next one. This is uh, about the defense. We're just doing offense. Let's go to defense. The Bears' defense finishes first overall in scoring. Okay, because that is a category where they've been very very good in the past few years. They haven't. They weren't great last year in like yards per game, but they were still top ten in scoring. Number one in scoring in 2018 when they were number one in a variety of categories. So factor fishing, the Bears' defense fishes, finishes first overall in scoring defense um i'll say fiction um just because it's man that's so hard to do like that i know it's hard it's it's literally like you're basically asking me the bears are the field you know and that's kind (laughs) of like you know what i mean And, and it's hard to do and you know we do have eddie playing center field again most likely so um you know it i think that's definitely gonna help uh i think we'll be I think we'll be like top five, I would say, uh, but top one. I mean, that's a that's a tough ask. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go fiction as well, just because. I mean, like Chris said, that's so hard to do, and I mean, I think if you had said top five, top three, I'd be more likely to say fact. But I mean, I'm just looking at the t- teams that the Bears play. I mean, like. You look at teams like, yeah, sure, the Lions and the Giants, like, yeah, sure. But you also have teams like the Bucks and the Colts who take care of the ball and don't really give it up that much. So um, I'm going to say fiction, but like Chris said, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities for that defense to score this year with Eddie playing his more the role he's more comfortable with, with you know Robert Quinn adding him to that other side. So, um, yeah, but at the end of the day, fiction, top one right now is – tough to go with <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say fact because in 2018 they were number one in 2019 they were actually fourth so three teams above them new england which will not be number one again buffalo which could very well be up there and baltimore were the only two three there were only three teams above them so i think the bears have a very legit chance after what they did in the offseason and considering that they were fourth in the league last year when they had to stay on the field for a tremendous amount of time while that offense was just absolutely uh, horrendous. I mean, consider. I mean, just looking at that scene that they were fourth. That's pretty incredible. And the things they've done the offseason, assuming the offense is going to improve, I think. I know. I know one is a, a big ask to be first in the league, but it, it's almost like it's not as big of an ask when you look at what they've done. And you look at how efficient they've been as a scoring defense in the past few years. So uh, I, I think it's 100% possible. And I'll go fact. I, I'm gonna another one relating to the defense. Will they? Factor fiction, will the Bears' defense return to the top five in turnovers? So they obviously dropped off last year, had about around an even turnover differential after being first in the league, had one of the better turnover differentials in Bears' history in 2018, just racking up turnovers. Those go down in 2019. Do they return to top five with Eddie playing center field with uh, some other guys like Jalen Johnson out there with the more pressure from the front seven? Top five in turnovers, factor fiction uh fact and literally i was pretty much going to bring up exactly what you said uh robert quinn replacing leonard floyd uh, i think we're gonna have so much more pressure on the on the quarterback that'll that'll definitely help our cause uh you got sean gibson who's probably going to be playing a lot um in the box and eddie jackson at center field and then like you said i mean we most likely got an upgrade uh in jalen johnson over prince of mukamara we got younger 
Um, he's more physical. Uh, you know, I think he's going to give a lot of WR2s problems. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's fact. Yeah, it's fact. I, for all the reasons you guys listed, it's saying additions, guys playing their most comfortable positions. I think it's fact. All right, both going facts. Let's go back to the offense here about our guy, David Montgomery. Fact or fiction, does David Montgomery rush for over 1,200 yards in 2020? 1,200. 1,200. Um, man, uh, I'll say fact. I'll say fact. I'll say, um, I'll say he'll, he'll have just a little bit over that. Um, I, I think they're going to make... It, uh, like a mission of theirs to to improve the run game. Um, mm-hmm. We know with Castillo there, uh, I think he's going to help the offensive line. Um, you know, maybe not to 2018 form, but very close. And if that does happen, I can see David Montgomery having a really good year. So uh, 1.2 K yards, I don't think is is unreasonable. I think he can definitely reach that mark if if the offensive lines, you know, doing what they should be. I'm going to say fiction. I think he gets over a thousand. But uh, I think 1,200, I mean, while it seems so small, um, I think <laughs> the the way that the offense is going to be running, I think uh, over 1,000 signed by 1,200, I'm going to say fiction. For perspective, Dave Montgomery last year had 890, 889 yards rushing, uh, only an average of 3.7 yards per carry. So you look at those numbers, and yeah, it's his rookie season, so you'd expect that to improve now improved by 310 yards, I think that is 100% in range when you look at just how uh, inefficient that running game was last year. I mean, after every podcast, we were talking about why why can't we get the ball moving, and he still had 890 yards. So I think it is. I think it will be fact. Uh, it's just a question of whether they are simply going to rely on him or if they really are going to, you know, if they do pick up a third running back and really try to mix it up in there. Um, but right now, as it appears, we all agree that Dave Montgomery will be that bell cow back. And he should at least get over 1,000 yards, whether it's 1,200 or not. We are all in agreement that he will have an improved season of 12 uh, of at least 1,000 yards. Another one, fact or fiction. This is, I believe, the last one, unless you guys have any. Fact yeah, or fiction. I got a couple. Okay, Robert Quinn will have more sacks than Akeem Hicks. Fact or fiction? Um, fact for me. Fact for me. I think um, I've always felt like Akeem Hicks. Uh, getting sacks was more of like a bonus. Like I, I feel like he's literally <laughs> in there to solely yeah. just disrupt the hell disrupt. out of offenses. Um, and I think that's kind of gonna be his role again uh, with with Robert Quinn. I think I think Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack benefit from Akeem Higgs being there more than the other way around. Um, so I think uh, Robert Quinn uh, off the edge, <laughs> opposite of Khalil Mack, man. I mean, it doesn't get it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I'm going to say fact as well, just because, you know, Robert Quinn is going to have because because I think you're going to see obviously Cleo Max going to get a lot of the attention. But I think Akeem Hicks. uh, Now I'm talking myself the other way. Um, because well, let, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Akeem Hicks had 8.5 sacks in 2017 and 7.5 in 2018. So just per, for perspective there for Akeem. And I believe Robert Quinn had 13.5 last year. Yeah, uh, I mean, because Cleo Max is going to get his no matter what. So it's just a matter of who you think gets 
another double team or gets the extra attention, Robert <laughs> Quinn or Akeem Hicks. Like it just, it comes down to that. So there's no way, there's no way teams are double teaming Quinn over Hicks. There's no, yeah. Way. So that's what I'm thinking. I, but then I'm thinking, do they go the other way at w- one point? Because you do. All right. Yeah. I'm going to go fact still. I'm still going to go fact. Um, just because I think Akeem Hicks doesn't have as much as an opportunity when he's just at, with, as far as like a bull rush goes, yeah. whereas Robert kind of can do use more moves. So yeah, I'll go fact. Yeah, I'm actually going to go fiction. I, I think Akeem Hicks is going to fully healthy. He's going to have eight sacks and maybe Robert Quinn has 7.5. I mean, there's not going to be great disparity between the two numbers, I don't think. Um, and I think there's a very, it's calling me crazy, I think there's a very large chance Khalil Mack could record 20 sacks this year. I, I, I Not a very large chance, but I think it's in the realm of possibility because this guy's ready to go. He'll have help all across that defensive line. Uh, I think it's going to be a monster season for him. That's all I got for Factor Fiction. What do you guys got for us? All right, that actually leads perfectly into my first one. Fact or fiction, Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack combine for more than 26 sacks. That's Uh, mortal lock fact for me. Mortal lock fact. I mean, 26 is a lot. It's a big number. I literally just said, consider the fact that I literally just said Khalil Mack could get 20 sacks is the reason why I was so quick to answer that. Now that I'm actually, you know, putting some sense into my mind, it's it's like, well, man, 26 is a lot. But I think, I mean... It's it's a big you know number. What? So that would be like thirteen each. But if you if you look at it that way, thirteen each, I, I think that's possible. You know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fact. I'm gonna say Khalil Mack has like sixteen and Quinn has like ten, something like that. I think um, that I think that's very Yeah, I, I think you know, I think that's very doable. I mean, we literally just finished talking about Robert Quinn being with Akeem Hicks. And also being with Khalil Mack. So, I mean, it's going to – somebody's going to th- – there's going to be sacks to go around. It just depends on who's getting them. Um, but, yeah, I think 26 sacks definitely doable. Okay, I got two more here. Uh, fact or fiction, Jalen Johnson will be a day one starter. Oh, fact. Easily yeah. a fact. Yeah, there's – I mean, second rounder, you're expecting him to be a starter anyway. And, and we talked – before we drafted him, we talked about how we needed a corner. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a fact. It has to be a fact, really. I mean, if it's not a fact, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, I yeah. mean, I mean, unless unless Trey Robertson goes out there, or Artie Burns somehow goes out there and and shows something real impressive on camp, it, it's got it. Dude, dude, are, are you seriously just gonna? You're you're not gonna mention Kevin Tolliver? Sorry, <laughs> Kevin Tolliver. <laughs> What? I'm, the, the this name guy mentioned just Artie Burns. You, you mentioned Artie Burns before Kevin Tolliver. Hey, watch out for Artie Burns, bro. He's gonna blow up the. He's True. gonna blow up the team here, right? He's he's, he's he's on the come up, right? All right, just wait for it, okay? <laughs> no, I'm um, <laughs> For the record, I am fact on both of those previous two questions as well. Um, all right, and my final factor fiction for you guys. Factor fiction: Javon Wims breaks out, establishes himself as the no doubt wide route. WR3 over Riley Ridley and others. Uh, fiction. I, you guys know my Javon. Coming from Chris, that is heartbreaking. Yeah, I just, just the way, like, just the way everything's trending, I feel isn't going to go well for him. Um, I hope, I pray that he makes a team, but um, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's not looking good for him. It's not. And th- by the way, that was one of my factor fiction questions. So you just I figured. <laughs> Go ahead. 
I figured that I figured that would be somebody's question because that's a hot topic. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's Riley Ridley or Javon Wims or maybe even Ted Ginn burst onto the scene as that true wide receiver three, which I think is unlikely. But I just think we all kind of, you know, Riley Ridley was a higher pick. People are going to expect more from him. Uh, they both really haven't shown a ton to make us believe one way or the other. But I think, like you guys have mentioned, just kind of the way it's trending, uh, that a little bit more upside we believe from Riley Ridley, but uh, we still have, you know, in the back of our minds, some belief that Javon Williams could pull off uh, some, some good things in training camp and make the roster. Yeah. I, I, when I made this question, I was kind of just thinking about the nice catches that he had made when he played last year. And then he obviously Mm -hmm. got hurt. Um, So I, I hold a little sliver of hope that he can kind of continue that development and show more flashes, but like Chris said, he's got to make the team first. Uh, so I am also a fiction on this, on my own question. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then, okay, um, so my first one. Uh, fact or fiction, Deshaun uh, uh, Gibson has a better year uh, this year than HaHa Clinton Diggs had last year for the Bears. Well, how do, you, how do you measure that exactly? Yeah, I was going to say, how do you quantify um, that? You know, I, I guess I know. I test? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I guess, um, I mean, you could say you could say numbers as well. I guess you could say numbers as well. Numbers and eye test. Hmm. I'll go. I I I think we're gonna go fact because it's gonna. I think what Eddie Jackson does is just gonna like make. To Sean Gibson look better, maybe. I don't, it's really hard to say because, again, yeah. quietly, Hot Clinton Nicks had a very good year last year. I mean, people, yeah. the numbers aren't bursting off the screen, and people aren't going to go out and openly say, wow, Hot Clinton Dix was, you know, a Pro Bowl type player, but he quietly played well. And, but I, I just think back Eddie Jackson at his true position, we, we saw what that, Adrian Amos is a talented player, don't get me wrong, but we saw what that did for Adrian Amos's image and, and how it made him look like a better player. And again, I'm not bashing Adrian Amos, he's a great player, but I think that similar type of thing is going to happen once both players there are going to be playing true positions with Tashawn in the box and Eddie at free safety uh, at that true center field. I think it'll bode well for both players. And in that sense, we'll make Tashawn Gibson. So I'll go fact, I'll go fact on that. Yeah, kind of in Kevin's same vein of thought. I'll go fact as well, because I think the way that Tashawn Gibson plays allows the Bears to be better, and thus we will see that as a better season than what HaHa had last year. Um, so, yeah, I'll go fact. All right, and then my final one, um, fact or fiction, the Bears sign a third running back before the season starts. For fact. I, I think, I, yeah, I mean, we. I think – I think it has to happen, as we said, but I think not just our opinion that it has to happen. I think it will happen, uh, especially I think what's going to happen is they're going to go into training camp and they're, they're not going to go into training camp with one. They're going to go in it and they're going to say, you know what, maybe, you know, we, it's just not working with Ryan Nall and Artavis Pierce. We just we really looks like we really need another weapon for that offense. And they're going to say, you know what, let's go out and get a guy like Sean McCoy who knows the system who we don't have to have him be in training camp for a long time to learn what he has to do in this offense and I think in that sense or even a uh, Spencer Ware type player right both those guys know this system and I think that's what you're going to see happen it's I mean that'll happen oftentimes in training camp they'll see what they have and they'll work with what they have and if it's just not and they just don't like what they see they'll they'll go out and get a guy for cheap and see if that fixes something and maybe he doesn't even make the team if they do that, but it'll get, I'll go fact. I will go fact. I think that's going to happen at some point. 
Yeah, I'll go fact as well, uh, just because I think, you know, there's a very real chance the Bears there. You know, we need some more veteran seasoned guys in this room. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as much as, you know, and we've said we like Ryan All on this podcast, we've said Artavis Pierce looks like a, a developmental guy. But for what you want to do this year, your goals of what you're trying to accomplish, I think you're going to need someone a little more uh, a little more seasoned. Fair enough. But, all right, that is the end of the episode. Had some fun with those factor fictions, did a little news, heaped some praise on Patrick Mahomes today. So, you know, this is what we're doing for you guys. We're doing fun little bits because there's really no news, and we're trying to inch our way to hopefully having a season. But, great episode. Always enjoy talking to you boys. Always good to have a little fun on the podcast. But thank you to the listeners. As always, we will see you next time. For myself, for Kevin, for Chris. We'll see you all later. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.